0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat,
1: Sleep, Suplex, retweet. Here with the dragons, so we back up in here. Spit fire from the back of your coming straight from the belly of the beast that's in the back of your ear was privileged. That's got you crapping your rear, this panic and fear is damaging. Radical stages of behavior that's got you on a scat-eating Looking for the big batty eating you might find happiness. How? If you can make it through the thing, the done, now we don't visionary Not a vegetarian, but me and me is living weary These kids about to run a riot Flip cast with bars, hit class, and silence We don't need a reason, I'm a stylish riot It's riot, it's riot Welcome everybody to episode two of Four Way Fatal, our bi-weekly review of NXT UK here on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Patreon Network. I'm Gary Kernaghan and I'm joined today by David Hockney, my sick co-host. But luckily Dave, you've got your Bluetooth with you and you're ready to bring some strong style. I'm ready, I'll do do my best.
0: Uh, Obviously I'm not feeling great but I'll I'll just plough on. Well, there's lots to talk about this week. Um, NXT UK seem to have been everywhere. Oh yeah, it's been across the pond and Full Sail, it's been on Raw, Smackdown, and it's just brand total brand chaos, to
1: say the least. It certainly has, but first, we speculated about this when we recorded the first episode of this show, but its official NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool 2 mm-hmm. is coming 12th of January, and it's sold out within two hours.
0: I mean, to be honest, I'm not surprised. NXT UK has really sort of grown it onto its own and having it in Blackpool, once again, given that it's, you know, the start of the new year, it does kind of make sense, although I was hoping for like a fresh venue for a
1: takeover. Yeah, it's an interesting choice. I mean, the timing of it, it's not, what, we end of November now, mm-hmm. six, I think it's about six weeks away. To, to the 12th of January. Yeah, not, that's not, about right. Not a huge amount of notice for, for anybody. It's not a great time of year to be selling tickets either. No, um, especially
0: when there's Christmas shopping going on. But then you could argue that, you know, this could be someone's Christmas present.
1: Yeah, and the venue, um, the the Winter Gardens, um, or the Empress Ballroom, rather, in the Winter Gardens holds 3,000 people normally, but with the ring and the set up there, it's mm-hmm. going to be probably... Round about the 2,000 mark. Isn't that normally the
0: size for, like, say, a full sale crowd anyway? Yeah, I'm not even
1: sure. Full sale is as big mm. as, as that. It's quite a small. Well,
0: it just goes so NXT area. doesn't need a massive audience to be a success, you know, especially if the fans that are all there are, are heavily invested and they create the atmosphere
1: there. Mhm. Absolutely. And this, I don't know, uh, Cardiff, I think, eventually sold out, but you could pick up tickets to NXT UK Cardiff. Mm-hmm. pretty close to the event itself um, I think it was a slightly bigger I think it was a bigger arena certainly uh, Cardiff's not as easy to get to for a lot, lot of folks and Indeed, maybe that's yeah. one of the attractiveness of, of playing a venue like Blackpool you can, and if you can sell out in that length of time we've said in the group chat as well
0: Like, why don't they do a takeover in Glasgow given that, yes, please. You know, Kaylee Ray's NXT UK Women's Champion Gallus are tag team champions they're in, they're in this high profile feud with Imperium I think having it in Glasgow would have been a no-brainer, but you know I can see why they would do a second Blackpool one. It's like their Brooklyn for the full sale crowd.
1: Yeah, it's beginning to begin to go that way. So we mentioned that at the start, NXT UK had been everywhere. We've seen them pop up in all the main roster shows, if you can put it that way. So mm-hmm. we started off with the uh, when NXT sorry when SmackDown and Raw were in Manchester, mm-hmm. we had Imperium. Uh, appear out of the crowds to beat down heavy machinery before their match and then we had Imperium again answer the challenge put out by Seth Rollins which led to a one-on-one between Walter and Seth and then eventually turning into an eight-man tag with Imperium going up against the team of Seth Rollins Kevin Owens and the Street Profits Mm -hmm. quite a spotlight on Imperium I think over those two shows Uh,
0: Yeah it did I think it's obviously because Imperium's like the forefront of NXT UK and they were in the midst of the brand warfare. It made sense doing a sort of Raw versus NXT UK clash in Manchester as well. But Seth Rollins has been, in particular, has been given a lot of spotlight because he's faced like the main champions of both NXT brands. Like he faced Adam Mm -hmm. Cole on Raw and now he's faced Walter on SmackDown. But highlighting... All of Imperium as well definitely was probably the best way to
1: to go about things. Mm-hmm. We also seen on Raw we had uh, Andrews and Webster go up against the War Raiders.
0: Oh, uh, I, I completely missed that. I, uh, I didn't realize that was a uh,
1: that that happened. It's well worth checking out. And also just on as we record this show uh, on Saturday, we seen on Friday night on Smackdown Tony Storm out of nowhere is now part of Team NXT at the Survivor Series mm-hmm. I mean
0: she's just been dead quiet since Cardiff where you know she loses to Kaylee Ray and just disappears but now she's alongside Rare Ripley and the rest of the War Games mm-hmm. competitors
1: quite a spot for Tony Storm I now. mean
0: what a way to make a comeback as well because you know I think her future was sort of up in the air following the loss of the women's title because you know, there was. I think there was rumors about maybe she's going to full sail with Rhea Ripley as well. But you know, I think the the options were out there. Maybe she'll stay with NXT UK for now. Yeah, I can see her doing
1: uh, both both for maybe a period. Um, whilst so we had this amazing spotlight being shown on NXT UK stars. I've got to point out, I, mean, I love Jerry the King Lawler when he was with. Mm -hmm. back in the Attitude Era, I have to say I'm really detesting the King's commentary, and in particular I detested his commentary when he was talking about uh, the NXT UK superstars on Raw. Mm -hmm. Things like to... um, to what's the what's the main commentator vic joseph vic joseph he, yeah is that is that forgettable, forgettable. Uh, talking about uh, walter and comments to to vic joseph like you know who this guy walter is
0: uh, way to disparage like one of the biggest stars in european wrestling as a whole
1: I just don't get why feed on these types of commentary lines when you're trying... Surely the objective is to make the guys D- WWE NXT. has a
0: habit of not really acknowledging those outside of the Raw and SmackDown bubbles, because NXT is kind of in its own little world, where, you know, with Mauro Ronaldo leading the commentary there, like, he, he carries out, like, a vast, like, commentary of, you know, diversity and knowledge. It goes to how how red up he is on it and it makes it worth investing in and the same with Nigel McGuinness as well because he covers both mm-hmm. NXT brands he's just as good
1: yeah I, I just thought it was it was awful uh, and I just don't understand why why they would do it so we talked about uh, mentioned about Tony Storm getting a uh, quite a spotlight mm-hmm. the NXT UK Women's Champion uh, Kay Lee Ray Scotland's own what a spot she finds herself in.
0: You know, I was uh, I was saying this to Ross when we were recording Wednesday Night Wars, and it's almost we the, the phrase we used was it was almost surreal to see her in in this kind of position, given that you know we've seen her as the as the local hero of ICW. Mm-hmm. You know, we've seen her compete in small, really small venues like the Garage, SWG O2 Academy, yep. and now here she is in a. A potentially a main event match on an NXT takeover in Chicago as the NXT UK Women's Champion. Like she's in, she's she's at the top of her game right now.
1: Yeah, fantastic. I seen her oh, a couple of months ago at Five Pound Wrestling at the GW, GPWA Asylum with maybe a hundred people in the building, mm-hmm. five quid a ticket, and here she is uh, about to enter into. Well, actually, it's a piece of history, the first ever Women's War Games match, but she appears out of nowhere uh, at the NXT taping, and two weeks ago it would have been, pushes Mia Yim off of the ladder, and what a sick bump she took through mm. those over the top rope and onto that ladder, which wasn't even kind of positioned No, it the was, dark rail it was set at rim. an angle, yeah.
0: And Mia, Mia Yim took so many bumps in that match. It was like the... Because she took a a ladder to the face and it basically broke her nose and now you think oh that's got to be that's got to be enough but then Kaylee Ray comes out pushes her off the ladder and how and it's good like it just goes to show how Mia Yim is such a badass she's still going to war games like she's earned a ton of respect
1: for me going forward Absolutely, absolutely. So there's two episodes of NXT UK that we're going to talk Mm -hmm. about this week, episode 68 and episode 69. Giggity. (laughs) Um,
0: Hey, I may not be well, but I've still got my sense of humour.
1: Yes, and you've got your Bluetooth. So on episode 68, which was on the 14th of November, the show kicked off, um, or aired on the 14th of November. Uh, kicked off with the woman we've just been talking about, mm-hmm. Kayleigh Ray, and she went up against Zaya Brookside. Mm-hmm. Zaya Brookside uh, really well received by by the audience here. I thought it was a nice match, quite fast paced at the time. Uh Kayleigh Ray, Ray came out with the win. What as, as expected yeah. yeah uh see I actually thought it was
0: a really good match but the one thing that let me down about it was the crowd was absolutely stone deaf.
1: Yeah. We, we, we talked about this crowd last time we recorded, mm. so this would have been this, probably the last... The
0: last taping from Brentwood, thing. yeah.
1: Yeah, so it'd be number six of six.
0: Mm. I, it, I imagine it's... You know, maybe it was late into maybe... do they just do one big taping in Brentwood or do you think they did split I think it over two nights?
1: it was over two nights, so this would have been the late Saturday night. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so you can imagine the crowd would have probably been a, a bit exhausted by that point. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's fair enough, but... Maybe it was just a tough spot to be in for both of them.
1: Yeah. The commentary, we, we were just talking about Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. So she disappeared after TakeOver Cardiff. N- never really mentioned much, but the commentators the during this match did start to mention Tony a few times, mm-hmm. planting the seeds that she may be coming back then. Uh, I thought the finish of this match in particular super kicks are becoming like headlocks in so many matches I think they're a devastating mm. potentially devastating
0: move they're so frequent they're, they're, they're as frequent as
1: clotheslines, I'd say yeah absolutely absolutely and Kaylee wins this match with a crack and super kick and then uses that to set up for the gory bomb mm. a good 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 victory for Kaylee
0: yeah I think then, obviously not not to take anything away from Zaya but you know Kaylee needs to have a dominant run particularly if mm-hmm. she's uh if she's going into war games with uh, <laughs> Team Shayna, but and she's also defeated Dakota Kai this week as well, so that's two big wins for her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. I don't think it's a defeat that does any harm to Zaya Brook's side.
0: No, like you like you said before, Zaya's like very popular with the audience, and I think it's only a matter of time before she becomes like a contender for the women's women's title.
1: Mm-hmm. We've seen the. Um a couple of backstage uh, skits and videos in this show. So we had the recap of the crazy faction warfare. We had part two, the second part of the sit down Piper Niven Mm -hmm. interviews where she talks about her desire to be a a role model and a different type of role model for Mm -hmm. for girls out there. And then we had... Later in the show there was a, a video package for Rich Holland who announced that he was going to make his debut the following week and we'll talk a bit more about him uh, in a moment we come on to talk about uh, episode 69. Mm-hmm. we also seen a little backstage uh, sort, of, sort of video package rather of uh, William Regal at the Performance Centre talking to the one and only Johnny Saint and Sid Scala, where Alexander Wolf appears, interrupts them, asks for a match against Dragonoff and is granted said match. And that match is made for uh, next week's show. Um mm. so a couple more backstage uh, parts there. There's no two matches in this show we had. Part two of Travis Banks and Liguero mm-hmm. and Tyler Bate and Cassius Ono as the main event uh, Travis Banks, Legero, Dave. What were your thoughts on that match?
0: See, I'm disappointed how it ended in a sort of double pinfall last time, because I know these both both these guys are trying to get up the power rankings still, and that's kind of the position they're in. But you could say Travis Banks is in a better position because he has he can claim he's actually faced Walter, for the UK title. So I would expect to see Travis come out on top, but given the way this match ended, you know, it, it doesn't really. Do it for me, like they need to have a a third encounter, I say.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a a cracking match, really fast paced. Uh, particularly at the start, some hard hitting spots throughout. It. They did the, the double pin. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first that their first match is the first time I've seen that a backslide. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> type move decide the match for. Probably about twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> they tease the double pin, uh, repeating a couple of times. They got
0: good, good chemistry with each other. Like it was a really high, high, high flying, fast paced match. So I mean, I could have. I'd like to see these these two have a decisive
1: winner between the two of them. Yeah, and you you referred to it so the match finishes. Banks gets the victory in the end, but the victory comes thanks to Joseph Connors, mm. who a few months ago we were looking like we were getting a reboot of him and then he went on to look, you know he was going into this shiny new things mm-hmm. promo which we've seen a, it was a wee bit rem- remissant of uh, Cassius Ono in the US NXT mm-hmm. um, so he went on to this shiny new things uh, challenged new, some some new people lost most of the matches mm-hmm. I thought it was quite nice when he appeared at this one he was wearing the original t- t- mm-hmm. t-shirt from the first ever championship but he appears, he throws Leguero into the ring post, Banks doesn't see it he's in the ring and ends up uh, finishing Ligero off scores the victory but then after the bell Connors interrupts uh, sorry, Connors attacks Travis Banks mm-hmm. and walks away with both men
0: And he cuts this promo afterwards as well. Like, he just... And you know what? I think this was actually a really, really cleverly done promo. Mm -hmm. Like, he referring back to the first United Kingdom Championship tournament. But that's how much, like, animosity he was feeling all the way back then. And I think it really touches on a subject, you know, that's quite taboo. In that, you know, if you feel like something's really troubling you, you don't like, he didn't speak up about it. He waited this long and then said something about it because it was like two and a half, three years ago, was it?
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And, you know, he's he's really come across as this really, like, has got this warped mindset now that he's just going to make everyone suffer now. So I like how they've really sort of capitalised on something you could say it's a bit of a,
1: a mental health angle. There's something about his character and character developments maybe uh, phrase i'll use a few times in this show because i I think nxt uk started to use the 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 video clips and the backstage segments that they do as a little bit more cleverly than they have done previously to help develop the characters and let you know who these people are Mm. but there's a few things about the way connor's carries himself that adds into that sort of You know, this guy's, um, you know, he he looks a little bit fidgety, Mm -hmm. just the cadence of his voice. He doesn't hold his head up straight, he's Mm. sort of looking down a little bit when he's talking.
0: He does come across as like a very anxious or depressed sort of individual. And, you know, this, like I said before, maybe this, I mean, it's quite a risky move, especially given how taboo it is, but it might actually create a, it might help to normalise it a bit. The way that, you know, he feels all this resentment and he's, it's affecting him mentally.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm curious to see where it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. The main event of, of the show, which was actually, they caught really good amount of time was Tyler Bate versus Cassius Ohno now now, cards on the table I am a paid up member of the Tyler Bate fan club you are? I didn't (laughs) realise brand new information
0: yeah (laughs) it's not like you were like I don't even recall you ever having any Mustache Mountain merchandise at all (laughs) except maybe in the opening vignette of NXT UK where I think you're wearing a
1: Mustache Mountain t-shirt yes yes we've got um, uh, at home my my daughter Lucy was once upon a time a big Bailey fan she's now removed all Bailey merchandise from the house I
0: don't blame her to be honest I mean given the transformation Bailey's gone through it's mm, I feel bad
1: yeah uh, but she does and she still has this out she does have a signed Tyler Bay action figure mm-hmm. so she's well, also got a signed, a signed Becky Lynch one which sat, sits alongside it mm-hmm. at the moment uh, B- Tyler Bate and Cassie Zono mentioned uh, a long match, uh, a good match as far as I was concerned. What were your thoughts and reflections on the match, Dave?
0: It was a really solid solid main event, you know, because in the same way that, you know, Zaya Brookside's over with the crowd with the opening match in against Kayleigh Ray, Tyler Bate is, and um, Trent Seven for that matter as well, both mustache bound are heavy over with the NXT UK audience. And Cassius Ono is one of those reliable competitors, you know, he's he's always guaranteed to play a good heel and he's always good to put, he's always guaranteed to put on a good match. So having these two go at it, you know, it was a very sort of contrast of styles, you know, Cassius Ono's the big the big heavy powerhouse and Tyler Bates, a guy who's literally about half his size. Yeah,
1: there was a the the match started it was quite a, it's a it was a much slower paced start to the match, quite, you know, technical, a bit of ground based work, reversal, lots of reversals of different holds, mm-hmm. the two of them trading different holds. And the match went on like that for a good few minutes before Ono took the upper hand with what I thought was a really vicious looking beatdown of bait and um, mm. credit where credit's due. that that both men played a blinder I thought in, in that part of the match yeah
0: like so many near falls as well like but so many hard hitting hits as well Like, I mean there's a reason why they call it strong style like mm-hmm. the, the forearms the back of the head the kicks to the knees and the back of the head I mean you thought maybe Cassie Sona would have pulled off the upset yeah
1: the, you mentioned the size difference. There was a couple of times earlier on in the match where Bate teased that he was going to try and go for the Tyler Drive on 97. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching the match and saying out loud, there's no way he's going to be able to get, get him up. I know Bate's strong. But he, strong he's a big, strong boy, <laughs> strong boy yeah. <laughs> but there's no way I thought he was going to be able to get him up for it. You mentioned the strong style part of it. There was a moment in the match where... Uh, where Odo hit the Dream Crusher forearm mm. where Spate was on his knees and I thought oh, that looked devastating and I assumed that, yeah.
0: that was the finish of the match, but no-, no. Normally does it to a standing opponent as well. Yeah. because like, I think with with when the opponent's standing, they've got further to fall and that delivers more of an impact. So and Nigel was saying on commentary as well, it's the fact that Tyler was on his knees, he didn't have as far to fall, so that sort of Give him a bit of leeway, mm-hmm. and it's that analysis of the commentary as well. You think, like, these guys are really making a science out of it.
1: Yeah, that's the type of thing you certainly don't get from Jerry the King Lawler. Who just shouts puppies all the time, the <laughs> whole
0: well, and, and really bad punditry as well.
1: <laughs> um, he's he's up there with those footballers that sort of tell you things like the first goal was going to be really important mm, it's like a generic phrase yeah. really yeah Yeah. if only we got a goal we might have won that match I um, uh, should have could have would have <laughs> a impressive moment in the match I thought where um, where Bate was able to get Ono up in the aeroplane spin mm-hmm. and then when he hit he actually hit the finish of the the finish of the match was Bate hitting the Tyler Driver 97 to secure the 1-2-3 victory when he Got him up. I remember thinking, "Wow, that mm. that is impressive. That is." He is a big, strong boy. and credit for O'No for also getting up because he's a it's a big he's a big man. Mm. But a good victory for Tyler Bates. Yep, yeah, definitely. I thought overall this was a pretty solid show. Uh, three three good matches. Uh, another you know main event which. Had a good chunk of the show, like the tag titles the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, tag match the week before. But really good chunk of the show. Um, I, I thought this was another solid outing for NXT UK.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like it was a, I mean, it was a solid opening match, which kind of was a little bit let down by lack of crowd investment, but the main event pretty much saved it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, I probably this 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 show um feels like a sort of 6 out of 10 yeah of sure.
0: i'll give it a 6 as well again just cuz of a solid main event and everything else was was it was good but not, nothing really outstanding
1: yeah if you had to go if you were to go back if you're if you listening to this and you've not watched the show, it's well worth going back to watch the main event. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a really good
0: NXT UK's match. main events always deliver. That's yeah. the, the, the trend I've been picking up on after watching every episode so far.
1: Yeah. Well, in particular, I think since NXT has gone onto the USA Network, the main events, some of the matches have been going on, that mm. you know, it just feels like they're going up a level all the time, as far as I'm concerned.
0: I think giving them that that freedom to really sort of do the match how they want to do it never mind time constrictions. you know let them let them tell the story let them you know use their own style mm-hmm. to to what works for them yeah and it's delivering great results
1: so we went into episode 69 and we were just talking about the crowd reaction so it, mm-hmm. this was the first of the episodes that were taped in Hull. It aired on the WWE Network for the first time on the 21st of November. Hull doesn't exactly strike me as a wrestling hotbed, but this was a live mm. crowd. I think, I think it's just the fact
0: that, you know, WWE is a global brand, and there are, it has fans all across the UK, even in some of the sort of lesser-known areas. Like, even when they were doing tours, like, 10 years ago... They were going to places like uh, Coventry and Bath and areas you wouldn't normally think were wrestling towns, but it was just to really try and hit as many spots as you could, can just in order to maximise
1: your fan base. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I'm really fascinated by the WWE business model when it comes to their international expansion and how they're going about targeting new territories. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a very different approach than the UK to what we've seen them do in Australia and in particular Saudi Arabia where they get the fake pay-per-views as we like to call (laughs) them. The glorified house shows. Yeah, and we're getting this brand of our own which if it works, there's lots of rumours of it spinning out into other areas. I just think it's a fascinating model and I'm really interested to see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really interesting attempt for WWE and how they're going about to grow the UK market or get more of the market share, because there's hidden areas with NXT UK where they wouldn't necessarily take Raw and Smackdown when they come on their UK tours. So Hull, for example, Cardiff uh, got the TakeOver show, Blackpool. Mm -hmm. Uh, When it came to... I was surprised when uh, we got NXT UK tapings in Glasgow Mm -hmm. because we do get Raw Smackdown house shows in in Glasgow fairly regularly.
0: I think we were supposed to have a a Monday Night Raw this year as well, but for some reason or another, it just became a, a standard house show on a Monday. Yeah. Which is a bit confusing, but... You know, given what happened last time there at
1: Raw in Glasgow, I mean, maybe that sort of
0: factored into it.
1: Well, I would hope, I hope not, because WWE's got a weekend of shows in Chicago, and the Chicago clear out and Chicago is
0: a not. is a very big wrestling city.
1: Yeah. And we've seen SummerSlam in Toronto. And mm-hmm. the Canadian crowd, they often refer to them as Bizarro World. So I hope that's not the case.
0: Oh, and, that, and it refers back to Jerry Lawler on commentary as well. Like, basically anywhere that doesn't fit WWE's ideology is Bizarro World. And that's <laughs> just not a good way to, to connect with your fans. If anything, it just alienates them. Yeah.
1: You mentioned Trent Seven uh, a moment ago. So Trent Seven... Was in the opening match of this show, mm. and the crowd were were pleased to see it. Was interesting to see now the the mustache mountain guys off pursuing singles careers mm-hmm. again, and his opponent to our surprise was Connor Reeves. That, that really took me by
0: surprise because I wasn't like because obviously Connor Reeves is full sale NXT, so to see him on NXT UK was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. Yeah, all the way from Hawaii to Hull. I mean, some distance, like never mind crossing the Atlantic Ocean, you had to cross the Pacific Ocean as well. <laughs> like literally to the other side of the world.
1: How, I've never been to Hawaii, I wonder how that compare. I've been to Hull <laughs>
0: Which would you rather be in? Uh, no comment. Yes. Uh... <laughs> yeah, don't answer it, it's because I don't want to you know, cause a stir. But yeah, I mean I've flown to San Francisco before and that's a 10 hour flight from Dublin. So, you got to add an extra hour to that, and then maybe another five to Hawaii. So, it's basically you're travelling for the better part of a full day just
1: to get there. Yeah, I thought. So, uh, it was interesting. Conor Rees came on to NXT, got a little bit of a build up, won a few matches, and has. Gone somewhat cold since he's been off for a while. I think they mentioned he was recovering from an injury. Mm-hmm. He's Clearly doing some work on his character. I thought his mic work at the start of this match when he was walking to the ring. I thought it was exceptional. I thought you know ten out of mm. ten.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys that if he's featured on full sale, he's sort of treated as enhancement talent because he he's one of those guys. Unfortunately, that's kind of been lost in the shuffle with all the. The top guys in NXT are like, you've got Undisputed, you've got Keith Lee, Dijakovic, Champa, Gargano. The, all these guys are the guys leading the charge. And guys like Kona Reeves and like Bronson Reed, you know, they're sort of undercard guys. Uh, yeah, yeah. So seeing him on the UK brand, allowing him to have freedom to cut a promo, uh, this was, I could see this being extremely beneficial for him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. couple of nice lines in amongst that, He certainly get heat. He referred, to just look at you, you're horrendously out of shape. Well,
0: I mean, that's very observational because, I mean, <laughs> no disrespect, but Trent does have a bit of a gut on him.
1: <laughs> it was, I thought there was a Good fast paced match. There was a couple of nice spots in it. Mm-hmm. Trent hit a really wicked suicide dive, and
0: it was like um, through the middle and bottom ropes as well. Like that's a bit more dangerous than just you know going through the middle rope.
1: Yeah, I don't blame it if any of the fans that sat in the front row jumped back out of the seats so at that <laughs> point. I don't yeah don't blame them for that.
0: But what I really liked was that you know much like Tyler Bate, Trent is over with the crowd, and again commentary highlighted you know that he and Tyler Bate, Mustache Mountain, they're the like pioneers of NXT UK. So it really puts a spotlight on them. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I thought for a moment that Kona was going to get the victory in this match. He kicked out of the seven-star Lariat, which, mm-hmm. and then followed up with a bit of offence of his own. But, um, but no... Um, Trent got out of it and then secured victory not long afterwards with a pinfall I thought that's a good match good opening to the taping I used
0: a burning hammer as well it's like the torture rack into like a Michinoku driver it's it's, I, I think that's a really really good finisher like really powerful and it's it just catches you out of nowhere.
1: I was really surprised when Kona kicked out of the Seven Star Lariat because that's also been built up as a yeah artful move that he's I, put lots of people away with.
0: I mean, I thought it was a signature move for Trent, but I didn't realise it was like people saw it as a finisher. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that just helps with Kona as well to know that he can kick out of one of Trent's best moves. Mm-hmm. It shows that he's he's got resilience about him.
1: Yeah, we went into this particular week of shows not knowing. Not having many matches announced, other than we would soon see the debut of Bridge Holland. So there was, it's another match that came just before this. But before we got into the next match, actually, Trent celebrating. He was going round, high fiving fans as a good face character does, and then tries to walk away and gets pulled back. Mm-hmm. And the camera turns around to show Eddie Dennis. He mm. turning Eddie Dennis friend of the show Mm -hmm. appearing Uh, and if you haven't do do check out our back catalogue and you can hear Stephen Wilson's interview with Eddie Dennis you see Eddie um, stood in the crowd Eddie's not been on NXT UK since he picked up an injury at TakeOver Blackpool
0: yeah so he's been out for like good most of the year yeah really really long time I'd I'd almost forgotten like you know he was injured the fact that you know that nobody ever really mentioned it it's always he's always been kept really
1: quiet yeah so seeing him in the crowd was a, was a surprise yeah so I wonder if this is going to be you know is he just going to start appearing in places before he picks a victim or is he mm. or, or are we going to see a little bit of a feud between Trent Seven and Eddie Dennis
0: well I think that's where it's going definitely they're teasing it but I imagine maybe Eddie will just be keeping a, keeping his distance for now you know just monitoring mm-hmm. Trent at this stage but I could potentially see them feuding at TakeOver Blackpool. You know, because obviously with, you said with those like, what, six weeks until mm-hmm. then? That's usually how long a taping in a particular place for NXT UK lasts yeah. or can be stretched out for. So I think once, as soon as they've finished, well, now that they've done the the whole tapings, I think that's basically that them, a... them until Blackpool.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that's correct had another match that followed this, it was Jack Stars versus A Kid. A Kid's getting a lot of time and attention just now.
0: Yeah, I keep saying A Kid though, <laughs> which is what Jordan Devlin called yeah, Jack Stars refer- versus A Kid, <laughs> yeah, and they will get done for assaulting a minor.
1: Yeah. Any so this was uh, A Kid's second match against mm-hmm. the UKs. First one was a, a, a count of victory over Cassie. I oh, do no, what what do you make of A Kid so far.
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about him, you know. Considering, because I, obviously I'm I'm a huge WWE mark. I'm not really as invested in sort of the wider European wrestling uh, sort of circuit. But I think A. Kid. I think it's too early to tell how I feel about him. But I mean, he's very technically gifted inside the ring. He um, this definitely felt more like an exhibition match just to sort of show off a kid's talents, again, for people like me who probably have no no clue who he is. But I think he could definitely appeal to a wider European audience considering he's from Spain. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but he is getting a lot of investment as well. So hopefully they follow through with it and they don't just treat him as enhancement talent after a few months.
1: No, I I loved the finish of this match. There was a, a, a crack and roll through mm-hmm. as the setup for him to apply the submission finish which looked like a, a wicked sort of stretch with one up, arm sort of caught tied up between his legs as he pulled the other arm back it
0: looked, it looked like a like a chicken wing sort of finisher
1: yeah I thought crack and finish just uh, loved it uh, so a good a good victory for for kid and and Stars. We learned a little bit more about his background as this match went went through. Um, but he certainly did his job. I think of making a look look really good. as mm-hmm. much The next match we had was Oliver Carter, mm. who's been tag teaming recently with Ashton Smith, and. Um, Versus Rich Holland, Rich Holland, who was Luke Mendes, who Menzies. thank you, right mm-hmm. who has a background in rugby, has mm-hmm. re- uh, wrestled a few times in NXT over in the states, and was one of the faces in the crowd at over Blackpool.
0: See, as soon as you mentioned that he was originally Luke Menzies, like my mind was blowing because. I've seen him on NXT, like, as you said, we've seen him on NXT a couple of times, but he's only ever been jobbed out to be an enhancement talent. So seeing him under this new persona in NXT UK, this definitely is going to help him out big time. Yeah.
1: I've got to say, I don't get the gimmick. It might just be me, Mm -hmm. but I, I just don't get it. Like, see, when we saw the vignettes of it,
0: and I think we were, we talked about this last time, did we not say it had a, Sort of like a, a London gangster vibe about him. Yeah. Yet yeah, he's from Yorkshire.
1: And they were, they referenced a few times of commentary of Peaky Blinders. Now I've never seen Peaky Blinders. No, I don't mean know. me neither. It's, it's set, so I don't get this.
0: It's like 20th century gangsters or something like that. And they do have he does have that sort of gangster vibe to like like we just said London gangster, but he's just not a London gangster. Yeah, and
1: he he, lo- he he's a big man. Mm. He's a, he's quite a specimen mm-hmm. in that way. There's just something about the character. And the way he conducted himself, that made me think he's supposed to be a heel, but he's from Yorkshire. I mean, mm. You know, he's in the his home region. He got he does have a, a very strong face reaction.
0: He does have a very heelish vibe about him, considering that he carries like a like a nightstick as well.
1: Yeah, an old wooden nightstick.
0: Mm. Um like, I remember, I even remember during the vignettes, I thought he had like a, a Jack the Ripper style gimmick, but. Now that they mention like gangster, you know, you think, you know, as we said, Peaky Blinders, you think of maybe the Cray brothers as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm just showing how much
1: gangster knowledge I've got here. I <laughs> always thought of gangster and you as one in <laughs> the same, Dave. It, you know, sometimes you get a match where, uh, let's say, uh, Sincara and Andrade. Mm-hmm. they they go together they have great matches so much so that WWE give you the same match three weeks in the trot and it's still enjoyable it's like Rey Mysterio and Andrade as well yeah I don't think we'll be getting Oliver Carter and Rich Holland three weeks in a row I don't think their style's meshed all, all no they hell. didn't
0: they didn't have a lot of good chemistry together but it wasn't a total squash which is what I was expecting it to be because mm-hmm. you know we've, we saw Oliver Carter at the takeover Glasgow tapings and he went up against Cassius Ohno in a dark match yeah. again that wasn't a squash but he put up a decent fight
1: yeah absolutely uh, I thought Holland looked powerful really powerful in this match there was a couple of really nice suplexes mm-hmm. they had and I haven't seen anybody apply the million dollar dream for a long time I thought that looked Aye. absolutely devastating when he did put that move on I thought that was his finish actually mm. see
0: it definitely looked like a, like a finish type hold but is it a r- remind me is, is the Million Dollar Dream kind of like a, a cobra clutch yeah yeah
1: yeah. it's just the way he was able to you know, almost ragdoll him he threw him mm. around and he it just looked really devastating but set up with a sort of not quite a sidewalk slam type f- f- move for the finish but uh, quite mm-hmm. a slog, strong slam scores the pinfall victory mm-hmm. do you know what
0: I think the finish should have been
1: where he basically
0: was in the corner and just did this massive rugby style oh, tackle yes. <laughs> like that was <laughs> devastating like, I don't even I don't see why that wasn't the finish because it r- literally turned Carter inside and out yeah
1: and uh, Carter
0: really really got some hate in that mm. but mm. yeah no, that I, and the, the fact that they touched on his rugby background as well it fits in with his that move fits in with his background so well. Yeah. So I don't see why he shouldn't keep using it more often.
1: we also seen his uh, for, former coach, Marty Jones, in, mm. in the crowd, which sort of points to a, a face-type mm. reaction. Don't really see that from heels. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see where Ridge Holland goes. Mm-hmm. Quite a few uh, backstage segments, four of them, just to talk about very briefly. So we've found an answer to the question, which you probably have never thought you needed to know the answer to, but now you know you can sleep easy at night. So Elia Dragonoff wears those red contact lenses all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, if he, I mean if that's contra- <laughs> that's commitment to the character, and I don't know what is. <laughs> so we've seen Dragunov uh, uh, appear, uh, arrive at the arena. He was interviewed by Radzi. And actually, we've got quite a bit of backstory here between Dragunov and Alexander Wilf. Mm -hmm. At one point, Elia refers to getting out of Will's shadow, Mm -hmm. a shadow that I, for one, never knew that he was in. Like, could they not have just said that at the start of their feud as well? And it made much more sense if they told us that a month ago. That would have been very, very
0: <laughs> useful. Yeah, at least give us back at least give us a bit of context at the beginning of the story.
1: Yeah. And suddenly it now makes a lot more sense mm-hmm. why Wolf was trying to recruit Dragonov to join Imperial.
0: Because Wolf oh off rather trained under Wolf in Dresden.
1: Yeah. So another um, segment we had backstage was with Ginny and Jazzy. To Jazzy? Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought, uh, it was really good to hear Jenny speak. I can't remember the last time she she spoke. Mm. Interesting, she was talking about being a fashionista, and you've got Jazzy stood beside her, dressed as McFoley, <laughs> fan fano on, as well. Jazzy didn't look particularly impressed as this interview went mm. on, and I wonder if we starting to see the seeds of a breakup being. I think
0: they I think that was the purpose of the interview. It was to plant a seed of doubt with their partnership. Because I think Jazzy does benefit from having a manager like Jenny. And you know, Jenny benefits from having a like a a strong competitor. Yeah, like I said. Yeah, exactly, a bodyguard. So teasing this rift between them, I think this just adds another layer to the story. And, you know, Jenny was talking about Piper Niven, Mm -hmm. as well, like you know, she's all cheesy being a role model and stuff, but it's only her being the fashionista that matters,
1: yeah. And we get announced that Jazzy, sorry, Ginny is going to face Piper Niven next week, so I guess that's us finished now with the Piper Niven sit down interviews. She's now Mm -hmm. that's enough character development, you're back in touch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe they'll do they'll keep doing it as the time wears on, like, remember. The dashing Cody Rhodes promos, <laughs> like they came out quite frequently. Like they didn't come out all at once. It was more just like once a once a week or something.
1: Mm-hmm. We had uh, Jordan Devlin with really what was a self promo section where he was going to educate us and show some of the highlights of NXT UK, which mm-hmm. were all some of his great great moments. And then we got the A-Kid line, hmm. and I think he's challenged at A-Kid <laughs> to a match next week. I'm not you know sure. You nearly know said A-Kid, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> I'm going to struggle with that one now. Following the match with uh, Oliver Carter, Ashton Smith came out to, his save, uh, not, not, to check Autumn, rather. And Ashton Smith is another person that we have interviewed, well worth checking out that interview in our back catalogued. Um, I thought a really interesting insight into Ashton and his background and approach and what he hopes to achieve um, mm-hmm. there. Uh, so Ashton is walking backstage with Oliver Carter, a door opens. I was expecting somebody to appear and beat the two of them down, but said mm-hmm. we got Supernova 11 mm-hmm. appear. Lo and behold, it's Noam Dar and oh, uh, this eventually led up to a match being set up next week I just I, I love Noam Dar's cocky heel mm. character
0: like and he he carries himself so well like, and his accent I think just makes it even better it's like like a wee wee Gabby Yob from Ayrshire it's it's perfect
1: and the use of the word dafties is
0: yeah. just spot on the Scottish lingo as well definitely helps because <laughs> you know it's it's just playing to his his background and his character. Like he's not being fed like some eloquent cheesy, you know, goody two shoes type name calling and stuff. He he does what he says.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've said throughout this show, better use by WWE of the backstage segments and the videos to help develop characters. Mm-hmm. And then the final segment we got backstage here was uh, some some video interviews talking headshots of Travis Banks, Liguero and Joseph Connors talking about or reflecting back on last week. I think this is the exception to the rule that I just made there. Mm. I, this finish, I thought kind of like, ugh.
0: Yeah, I think given you know, Connors' promo the week prior, you'd have thought you'd get something a bit more developmental out of it, but... It was like literally 10 seconds of promos for each of them and it, was, it just fell flat.
1: Yeah, and particularly Liguero and Travis Banks I thought came across as dull as dishwater.
0: They are meant to be, you know, clean-cut baby faces, the two of them. So having Joseph Connors play the character that he is and have that, you know, the way he cut that promo, it, he, he's the, probably the most interesting out of the three right now.
1: Mm-hmm. If those promos disappointed, the next one did not. We mm. had the Grizzled Young Veterans in the ring. You
0: I mean, say what you will about the Grizzled Young Veterans, but they know how to work a crowd. Oh my god. Zach Gibson, I thought, was
1: awesome on the mic. Uh, has he ever been not bad on the mic, though? No, and he absolutely controlled the crowd. And there was this particular moment, if you remember it, when mm. they started shouting, What? And Gibson's like, Don't start with that! Yeah, <laughs> but. Did you notice as well Zach Gibson was
0: the only one doing the talking? Yeah. Like James Drake I mean sure he was sort of saying stuff off mic but he didn't say a word on He's the mic. He's just there
1: to look handsome.
0: Uh, him and his no socks. Him in his ass face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I love the Gibson's make the people happy line.
0: Again referring to the you know his uh, that statue outside Anfield. And I, f- I forget the the person's name but Make the people happy. That's it. Doesn't really. It's
1: Shankley.
0: Yeah, Shankley. That's who it is. Yeah. I but, just
1: love the, the is that the heel behavior, lobbying for the match.
0: And I know he's a heel, but every time I see Zach Gibson with a microphone, I just want to watch and see not only what he has to say, but how the crowd responds to it. And obviously, there's the whole shoes off if you hate Gibson. I I can't get enough of that. That's the best crowd response to any any person. Like, because you were in. Um, you saw them compete against Mustache Mountain at Blackpool last yeah. year. Oh, early, at the start of this year. What was your response when you heard when you seen the the shoes off?
1: Oh well, I'd seen it before that at the birth. Of the shoes off at the Royal Albert Hall. But oh, was no it, and, was it back as early as that? Yeah, no, and it was coming. We we're, were getting our shoes off and we're ready for it. I wasn't even aware that it was a thing until like the Blackpool takeover. Oh, it's it's fantastic, and it's a bit of effort to to go to. Mm. <laughs> Off, and then I love it when they start shouting towards the end of it, Shoes on if you hate Gibson. <laughs> Shoes suppose. on if you hate Gibson, yeah. As you start sit
0: down. Just as he was leaving, yeah.
1: So it, the main event on this episode was Dragon Off versus Alexander Wolf. Mm hmm. And I think it's fair to say that this match it continues with the tradition that we've been talking about of NXT UK main events, knocking it out of the park. This match
0: was absolutely outstanding. Like, the storytelling, the back and forth, the hard-hitting, striking actions, and, you know, I think if they'd just told the background story, like, right at the beginning, this would have been, this would have made it so much more important.
1: The fans cared about this match, Mm -hmm. and you could tell they were into it from the minute that Draganov appears. I love Ilya's music, Mm -hmm. I love his intensity.
0: And we've seen Ilya Dragonov in ICW a couple of times now. I mean, the guy just screams intensity.
1: Oh, it was fantastic. Really good technical wrestling at times in the match he's touched on, and then at other points, really good, really hard hitting. I thought also one of the things I loved about this match was the selling in the match. Mm. Um, you know, Wolf really sold his knee at points. There was a superplex off the top rope. That was a belter of a superplex. And really so so you know. Wolf slowly moving over. Yeah, depend on.
0: But the what I liked about this match was uh wolf was teasing like a DQ victory for Dragonov. Like, because he he uh, grabbed the the cables? Like maybe he was going to strangle him with it. He was he was teasing, you know, grabbing the steel chair and hitting him with it. So, but he said, "No, I want to beat him in the ring properly."
1: Yeah, and that speaks to the story as well. The teacher disappointed by the pupil, mm-hmm. but then remembering. Actually, we once had a relationship and I don't want to go there. I I wondered if they might have saved this match for TakeOver. And we talked about Mm -hmm. on the last show that we could see three matches coming out of Mm -hmm. Imperium and Gallus for TakeOver. But based on the finish of this match, I don't think we've seen the last of it.
0: Absolutely not. Considering what happened at the end of the match, you know, like Imperium gets involved and that sort of costs... Dragonov, yeah, he like... gets
1: distracted and mm-hmm. most secures the victory just off the back of
0: that. Yeah, what's his finisher again? Is it like that that sit sit down power bomb? That was it. That I. Was it. It's a sim- It's such a simple move, but it's really really impactful. Mm-hmm. And what I what I can see coming out of this is maybe the the reason they didn't do this at Takeover is maybe because they didn't want the Takeover card to be all about Gallus and Imperium because I can see the the NXT UK title match, the tag title match, you know, involving Imperium and Gallus somehow. But with the other matches, I think you need to take into account all the 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 superstars on the undercard.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we had, as you touched on, the distraction from Imperium allows Wolf to get victory in the end. After the match, Imperium jump in the ring, beat down Dragon off, and then Gallus come out to the save. And... There were chants of "Let's go, Gallus!" Yep, "Let's go, Gallus!" Mm-hmm. Let's go, Gallus! Certainly, feels like a face turn for Gallus. See, I don't think it is because I remember
0: when I was doing Wednesday Night Wars with Ross. He said we were talking about why Dakota Kai wasn't picked for Team Rhea, and he basically said to me. She, Rhea Ripley is not a face character. No. She is going to war and she wants to be as fully prepared as possible. She's not going to appease to face characters just because they're face characters. She she wants the best of the best. So, if she basically says to, go to Dakota Kai, you're just not good enough. You're not making the cut. You know, that's not her fault. You know, it's just her being Rhea. And we've seen Rhea before. She does have face tendencies, but she's not a face character. And I think that's what we're seeing with Gallus. You know, it's... They claim the NXT ring is their kingdom, and Imperium is are like these out, this outside force that's trying to claim it for themselves. So this is essentially Gallus just defending their territory. Doesn't matter if they're face or heels.
1: Mm-hmm. What I did love was after the 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 little melee, Imperium outside the ring, the NXT sorry, the WWE UK Championship is left in the ring, almost towards the corner mm-hmm. of the ring. Walter goes back to grab his title belt. Joe puts his foot on it. I think he just grabs the other he end of it, it yeah. Uh, and they have a stare down for a moment, mm-hmm. and people were it uh, felt yeah. to me
0: that people were loving it. They wanted to see it happen. They want to see Joe versus Jolly Wally.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to get it.
0: Uh, Black take over Blackpool too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, why why not? I mean, I've seen some. I've seen some rumours and spoilers for matches that are announced,
1: but we're reviewing the things that have happened, so we won't go into it, because at yeah, the moment, I heard officially, there were... there's no matches announced. I heard
0: there were some spoilers online about what TakeOver Blackpool could involve, but, mm-hmm. you know, the card is subject to change.
1: Yeah, well, nothing's been announced at this point and what but what we do know is, announced for next week for episode 70 of NXT UK, we've got Piper Niven versus Ginny. Mm-hmm. Got Ashton Smith and Noam Dar. Yep, and I think Jordan Devlin versus a kid. A kid.
0: (laughs) I mean, just I I should have said this earlier, but I'm really liking the way Jordan Devlin carries himself. Like that promo package highlighting just how great he is, and he's he's proving it in the ring. Like, and I'm finding a new level of respect for him. The fact that he's backing up what he does in the ring. Yeah, but he's definitely one of the most interesting characters they've got
1: he's an I think he's an absolute star and he had a cracking match with Finn Balor Mm -hmm. at TakeOver Blackpool
0: yep and he faced Kenny Williams at Fear and Loathing as well Mm -hmm. another great match
1: he had a very good match on NXT UK recently with Dave Mastiff the big Mm -hmm. Frenchman
0: don't don't. I, I, I You said this last week, but I think, the, I think it's ran its course a bit.
1: <laughs> oh, never.
0: <laughs> What's that, that finisher is like that elevated back suplex that he does, the devil inside. Yeah. The way he carries it out as well, like the way he was highlighting it, you can do it to a guy like the size of Mastiff.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things. We were talking earlier on about Tyler Bate being able to get a big man up for the- uh, f- uh, a big man like uh, Cassie's Ono up and mm-hmm. that's when you think of some of the great finishes the Stone Cold Stunner sweet chin music you could do them to, to men your size or to much bigger men like the big show The Undertaker our man Viscera <laughs> you could do it to, uh, but
0: but did you see Viscera do a springboard into a sweet chin music I like mean, Shelton Benjamin did
1: I can't recall seeing that anything like that but it may exist it may exist
0: oh I trust me as I think the most athletic thing I've seen Viscera do is a, is a spinning heel kick to Kane. <laughs> or
1: like a rolling kick. Well, from a man of the the size and the stature of Viscera, that would be devastating. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Dave, uh, I thought this was a really good and enjoyable episode yeah, of NXT UK.
0: I think this was better than the week prior, overall. So yeah. I would give a, a solid 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I was thinking uh, 7 out of 10, I thought... Trent Seven and Conor Reeves is well worth well worth watching uh, as is this match with Dragon Off Wolf the other two matches uh, if you don't see them you're not going to miss too much f- mm-hmm. from them but the, the book end of this show I think is really well worth watching in particular the main event it is- was a
0: really solid show from start to finish not just matches but backstage segments and promos in between it just delivered big yeah, time
1: absolutely Dave, I think that's going to just about do us for this Mm. episode too. If you haven't done already, please do check us out on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. Um, And thank you so much for joining us here on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Patreon network. We'll see you again in two weeks time. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
0: See ya.